My name's Anita Leach, and my husband Mitch and I, his name is Merrill, but no one calls him that. Mitch and I have been coming to church for over 35 years. Uh, we helped out in many areas, and we're glad to do it. Everybody should get involved. And we, we did everything from serving coffee to sandwiches to pasta for lunch. Um, we did all the shopping for that. We didn't do the cooking. John Miano came in and his crew, but we served it. So whatever we saw that needed to be done, whether it was filling in when there was no custodian, the bathrooms need to be cleaned, you name it, we did it. And we were a good pair together. <laughs> and still are. Yeah, 63 years. Mitch hasn't been able to come to church for two years. I started this, this past few months going. Um, then I, I could leave him at home alone, but he's on a walker or a cane. And um, so he's he just unable to get into the building. And, uh, and it's not only him. I see people coming in on walkers, coming in on canes. Uh, an elevator would be a blessing to a lot of people. Having this elevator put in makes it possible for Mitch to go start going to church again, which he loves going. And nev we never missed a Saturday night, but uh, he's missed a lot of them now. So it would be good if he, if he could be able to come back to church. Good evening. Let me see here. See, I have some commercials I think I need to make as well. Uh, and one is, we had ordered one of these it's from the Billy Graham uh, organization for everybody. It just helps you to understand what all was going on during the election, gives you choices that you can make, educates you on those things. The thing is, they haven't gotten in, and I'm not even sure they're going to make it. We ordered hundreds of them, but I reckon everybody else did too. So if you can go online and find this. It's a decision magazine, two visions, two Americas, and uh, you know it, it gives you very pertinent information about this coming election, and every believer should be voting. And uh, you know when it comes to these guys right here, you know, who will be take, fill those seats in the future? Well, I'll let you get your own book. But if we don't get them in, which it doesn't look like we are, we're going to make copies of these on a copy machine, okay? And uh, give them to you by next week. It doesn't give you much time, does it? No, it doesn't. I encourage everyone of you to vote. You pray and you seek God and you choose the most godly person that is there. And I know that you go, well, I don't see anybody... Maybe it's godly there. But uh, you ask God who he'd have you to vote for, and then you do that. I would challenge you. This is our place. This is our part. And who knows if we'll ever see another election again. I don't know. So anyhow, if you want to look at that up close, order one yourself, you know, uh, you can do so. Uh, let me see. What else I need to say here? Uh, let's see. Oh, yes. You know, I forgot. I thought this was February. So I would send you all, all you guys a Valentine. 
you know, there. No, not really. But uh, you, you've been hearing me talk ever since um, VBA. We've been talking about an elevator, and we're getting closer and closer and closer. Toby's going to take an offering, and this is no pressure. If you feel like, you know, I don't really want to be a part of that, that's cool. It don't bother us at all. We only want you to give in this offering if you see it as an investment, like for Mitch, who hasn't been able to come to church. He's been here since almost the beginning of the church. He's shoveled snow and fixed meals and hauled garbage and anything and everything you want him to ever do, but he don't like cameras, and he doesn't like the pulpit area, you know. I tease him about that all the time, but he can't get in these stairs. You all know what I'm talking about, right? It's tough to get in here, you know? And uh, so I just really want to encourage you. We're going to take an offering at the end of the service, and that's what the red envelope is for. Because I want you to remember, this is not something frivolous in no way. You know, every man, woman, boy, and girl who ever comes in this building through that elevator, you will be responsible for. You'll be a part of. Everyone who comes to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and they come through that elevator, you'll have a part of that. Jesus made a tremendous sacrifice. He shed his blood. That's why I give you the red envelope, just to remember the sacrifice he gave. Now, at the end of the service, if our ushers could uh, be prepared for that, we're just going, you know, we actually pass a bucket down the aisle. Uh, how many of you ever seen that happen here before? Some of you go, I never, I never knew you knew how to do that, you know? But uh, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to continue to take some offerings for a while, you know, because uh, we've got to get this thing done. And I make my apology. I told you I was going to try to get in before the snow flied and it didn't flowed or flew or something or another the other day. But it's better late than ever, right? So uh, hopefully that's going to be in all set up before for Christmas time. Um, and I, I would just simply ask you when it comes to making a, a, a gift, I would, I would challenge you to dig deep and sacrificially. You know, if we've been working on the numbers, trying to get the absolute best deal we can. I told you well, a couple weeks ago it was going to be like, you know, $9,500,000. It's going to be a whole a new addition on the building over there. Two restrooms, handicapped restrooms. You know, the elevator makes a stop in the basement on the ground level up there, on, up in here. And then there'll be still stairs going out. I mean, it'll be awesome. It's going to actually be, I think, as I'm, we're looking at it now, figuring out all the tweaking it, it's going to be a little bit more than 100000 But anyhow, that's a small price to pay to get men and women, boys and girls, and, 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 you know, a lot of the people who come are going to come to know Christ. You don't know how many phone calls and how many people have talked to us over the years. Hey, is it handicap accessible? Well, not really. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people. How many of you remember Felicia? Remember Felicia? Felicia grew up here in our church, you know. Uh, and Felicia was, you know, very severely handicapped. She couldn't talk. She was very smart. She couldn't really talk too well, but she was in this, you know, unusual kind of a wheelchair, and we had to carry her in every time, and she was always here. She came to VBA. She grew up here. We actually had a climbing wall, and uh, me and a couple other guys hooked a rope onto her, and we climbed and pulled her over the mountain along with us, and all. Uh, and she loved it. And there's a lady from the New Horizons, uh, Cindy, uh, you know, down the road a piece. There was just a lot of different people over the years who who came, and it was embarrassing for them to allow us to pick them up and carry them in. It wasn't as respectful as we'd like it to be, but they came anyhow. There was a lot of people 
who pushed through with walkers and canes and came up all these difficult steps. You know, I mean, they, they really pushed through. But it's difficult. It really is difficult to get in this old building if, if you're, you know, need some assistance. So I am so thankful that God's given us the wisdom on how to do this. So people who need to be uh, carried in don't have to be carried in anymore. If you're on a cane or a walker or wheelchair, you'll be able to just come right there, push a button, come up, step off. If you need to go to the bathroom, there's a bathroom right on that level. If you need to go to the bathroom when you're in the basement, there's a bathroom right on that level, handicapped. So it's, it's just going to be a, an awesome experience for those who who have such a need. And I venture to say that a lot of you guys probably have parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, maybe even kids, relatives, friends, who maybe need some assistance to go somewhere or to get out, you know? So I would challenge you also to be praying, not only, for God, what would you have me to give? If you give what God tells you to give, I'm happy with that. But Lord, begin to draw people. There's so many people who've come in the past and they found it too difficult to come in on a regular basis. But pray that God would bring men and women, boys and girls, from all over the place who need some assistance and they'll discover we have made a place for them that they're welcome. Okay? We do that. Okay. Uh, actually, neighbors. I have a neighbor myself. He actually got saved about two years ago. And my neighbor is in a wheelchair. You know, I go and see him every day. I get his mail. I fix him meals. I go and pick him up every once in a while when he falls, you know, stuff like that on a regular basis. You know, that's part of my uh, ministry. The Bible says you're supposed to do something for your late neighbor. Love them. I think that's right. So, if, you know, my next door neighbor can't come anymore because all the stairs here. But I'm believing he's going to be coming, you know, within the next very, very few uh, months again. Okay. We're talking about making a difference. By being, what's that say? Generous. You know, generous. And the definition, if you can read that, it says free in giving or sharing. Noble. Synonym, generous means open-handed. And when it comes to this elevator, I'm challenging you. I really am challenging you. This is a worthy cause. Do without something. I'm serious. I'm talking about making a sacrifice the privilege of making a sacrifice that you know you're going to touch Mitch and hundreds of other folks who are going to be coming who find, hey, I can get in that building. I can hear the gospel. I can be part of the worship. You know, I'm no longer left out. You know, so I challenge you to prayerfully consider and dig deep and make a sacrifice. Give up something that other people can come in and hear the gospel here. It's been so long we've been working on this whole project trying to figure out how to do it. Okay. John chapter 3, verse 16. It says here, uh, For God, he loved the world so much that he did what? He gave. God was generous. And I'm going to tell you something. God's generosity made a difference for me. I wouldn't be here right now if Jesus had not given his life, if the Father had not given his Son. I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here either, would you? Not at all. So it says, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, talking about Jesus, so that everyone, 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 there's no exceptions here, everyone who believes, that's the only qualification, I believe, everyone who believes in him will not perish. The word perish means pass away. That's why I don't use 
the word perish when someone dies. I say they pass on, you know, they go to be with the Lord, but they don't pass away when they know Christ, you know. They're sliding down them streets of gold, waiting for us to get there, you know. But it says here, those who believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. See, generosity, it, it blooms and it flows out of love. God loved us so much that he was generous. God loved us that he was generous with his son. Jesus loved us so much and he was generous with his life. You know, we're talking about, you know, generosity. It makes an, a, a difference. It makes an eternal difference in our lives. It really does. So how do you feel when God just, out of the clear blue, just blesses you? Really, really good. How do you feel? Awesome. I like that. Awesome. Feel great. Feel fantastic. Now, did God bless you so you could feel awesome and great and fantastic? I don't think so. Oh, it comes with it. But I believe that he blessed you so you can be a blessing to other people. Because he always wants us to share whatever it is that we have. A smile, a handshake, an encouraging word, maybe a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know. But he blesses us so we have something to share with somebody else. That's just the truth of it, you know. He doesn't just bless us so we can just have goosebumps, you know. But so we can represent him in this world. There's two great commands. Love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And then love your uh, neighbor as yourself. The two great commandments. If you only do those two commandments, you can forget all the rest of them. I'm telling you the truth. Because if you only abide by those, you'll fulfill all the other ones naturally. If you just love God with all, and then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Let me see here. I forgot something. Where's the, the hoops at? How many of y'all like basketball? Here. Man, your eyes got really big. I haven't been on some basketball in a long time. It still works. That's awesome. How many of you ever bounce a basketball? Have, have you ever tried to bounce a basketball that didn't have no air in it? It just goes splat. Right? It don't do anything else, but you bounce. A basketball's got a lot of air in it. What does it do? It always comes back to you. You like that? You know, how would you, every time you thought you got to bend over and pick it up, splat. Okay, splat. Okay, splat. I mean, that could get tiring after a while. But the beautiful thing about a basketball, it just keeps coming right back to you as often as you bounce it, you know. Did you know if that represents a biblical truth? Every time you are generous, that's 100% of the time. Did you know the Bible says don't be deceived? God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, 
you're going to reap it back. You show so generosity, you can also show hate. What's going to come back at you? It's like a wall in a canyon when you go, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You know what I'm talking about? What they call that? An echo. But what if you say, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Whatever you, you put out there is going to come back at you, don't it? And the Bible tells us, don't fool yourself. God's not mocked. Whatever it is that you sow, you will also reap. It's going to come right back to you. It really does, you know. There was a young boy who wrote a letter to Mother Teresa, you know, great missionary, a woman who really had given her life to the orphans of India, you know, in the city of, what was that, Calcutta. The young boy asked her how he could make a difference with his life. The kind of a difference that Mother Teresa had made with hers. For months, he didn't hear anything from her. And then one day he received a letter from Calcutta, India. He quickly opened it up and he read four words. That was all that was in it. Four words is what she wrote in a letter to this young boy here. But those four words changed forever his life. And she said, find your own Calcutta. She had found hers, and she was pouring her life into it. And she reached more people than she ever dreamed or imagined that she could reach. Many of you right now are making a, an eternal difference in Ethiopia. Many of you are already a part of making a difference in the lives of kids here in Southington and the surrounding towns, as well as adults. Many of you are involved in that. I mean, this is your Calcutta. But find where it is that God wants you to serve. In, in your Calcutta, what has he created you and gifted you to do? Man, you're satisfied and fulfilled when you're serving the way God wants you to. Each and every one of us. We've got to find our own Calcutta, you know. That's what he wants for us, you know. A place where we can give. And it always, it always comes back. You give, and it always comes back. And you give, and it always comes back. Because God wants you to keep on giving. Has he ever stopped giving? He's never stopped giving, and he's never stopped for giving, you know. So we've got to find our place, our own <coughs> Calcutta, where we can invest our time. Did you know time is valuable? Sometimes time is more valuable than money. Your time your energy, and then your resources, which includes money. But where is God placing you? Maybe he's placed you right here alongside of us, you know? But, but what has he gifted you at? Are you giving your time, your energy, and, and your resources to make an eternal difference in this world and an eternal difference as well? Now listen to what it says here. And God gave us these passages so we would not despair. And we wouldn't uh, look at a, a message about giving as a negative thing. He says here, give, and you will receive. Let me see here. So do, I have my, uh, do I have my offering bucket here? Okay. Awesome. If I can't find my glasses later, somebody remind me I put them there, okay? 
Okay, it says here, give and you will receive. Boom. Boom. See that basketball? Boom. Give and you will receive. Give and you will receive. Give and you will receive. This is written in red. This is Jesus' words. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you. How? Full. It's like you give, give, you know, you, you give God 10 bucks, he, he, he gives you back three and a half. Is that full? No. I don't think so. He says, Jesus says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Now, I love to eat when I preach. <laughs> I look for opportunities for this, you know. Did y'all just see me open that bag? Look at here. There's nothing, there's nothing in there up to here. Would you say this bag is full? No, full of air maybe. Hmm. Maybe I'll get to this sermon. They call this smart food. Mm, maybe I'll get smart. Okay. Is that bowl full? Yes. No, it's not. Mm. <laughs> My table is disappearing. Did y'all notice that? <clears throat> I better not push it too much further. <clears throat> I may never get it back. Mm. Come back up here. Uh. Anyhow, wait a minute. I'm going to show you a full bowl of popcorn. Now watch this. Did that go on there? So it wasn't really full, was it? Now the truth of it is, if I could trust my little table which I can't, I would push it down. What would happen if I just pushed it around real tight? And I would compress it and get all the air out of it. That's what happens. You know, in these bags, you've heard me fuss about this before. It says, some settling may occur during shipping. And I think, why don't you let it settle before you ship it? <laughs> right? And then give me a whole bag of popcorn. Well, Jesus understands how these manufacturers are crooked and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> Listen to what it says here. Luke 6, 38 says, Give and you will receive, and your gift will return to you in full. It will be pressed down. God's going to give to you and then press it down, shake it together, that's what happens when you shake it. It settles. It, all the little openings, you know, it goes down. Say, oh, wow, it's not even as much as I thought was there, you know. But God don't give it to you with all the air and unsettled. He says, you give and you will receive your gift uh, and, and it will return to you in full press down, shaken together. Now, the King James Bible says in running over, and this one adds to it, it says to make room for more. 
God presses it and shakes it to make room for more. And then he says, what? Now, what does that look like? I don't know if you're getting the picture yet or not. Hmm. 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 You know what? At the end of the service, y'all help me eat this, okay? There's some guys about I want. Yeah, what about now? Give me that bowl, you know? But you understand when God gives something back to you, when God gives it, he gives it to you in the full. Pressed, shaken, and then continue to add on to it until it does what? Doesn't he tell us that in the 23rd Psalm? He tells us our cup will overflow. And when God gives us something because we've been generous, he says, give. Luke 6.30, give and you will receive your gift. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. Uh, Somebody come up here and sit down. (laughs) You can visualize what that would look like, can't you? Okay. And poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. You use your big measure. When God pours it back to you, he uses his big measure. You know what I'm saying? And you can trust him. The heart. How many of y'all have a heart? Does your heart receive blood? Is it kind of stingy and just keeps all the blood that comes to it? It shares it, doesn't it? It circulates it. It keeps it moving, you know. Comes in one valve, goes to another valve. You know, it's just in and out. You know, the blood's always circulating everywhere. The blood never gets stagnant. And see what I'm talking about? The heart, it lives by gifting. It's pumping blood, receiving. Pumping blood, it's receiving. Pumping blood, it's receiving. It's like pumping blood, receiving. Pumping, receiving. Pumping, receiving. You know, give and receive, give and receive. The Bible says that. So we need never fear when it comes to being generous. That's just a trait, the character of God. He is extremely generous, and that's the way he wants us to be. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, he says, Now, friends, I want to report on the surprising and generous ways in which God, he says the surprising and gener- gener- generous ways, in which God is working in the churches in Macedonia province. He says, fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to a, the very limit. The trial exposed their true colors, and they were in, you know, trouble brings out who you really are, doesn't it? I mean, hit your thumb with a hammer, and what happens? Oh, Lord, please help me, is what I'd say, you know. Once upon a time, I wouldn't have said something like that. It could have been very profane when I was a young teenager, believe it or not. So what's in there to come out, you see. But he says here, the pressure 
Well, let me back up verse 2. Fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limit. The trial exposed their true colors. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. Is that possible? Is it possible to be desperately poor and incredibly happy? Because you see people, you you think, well, if they don't have nothing, they're going to be unhappy. That's not what I've experienced. And the Bible bears it out. Incredibly happy, though desperately poor. He goes on to say the pressure triggered something totally unexpected. They were under such tremendous pressure. It triggered something unexpected. An outpouring of pure and generous gifts. These people who were in poverty, they were excited, and they began to give in to people who, who had greater needs than theirs. You remember the Bible talks about the widow's might? Everybody else was giving out of their surplus. They didn't miss what they were giving. That was just extra stuff. They would have never, it was in the bottom of their treasure chest. They never knew it was there. But the widow, she gave her food money for that day. So she wouldn't eat because of her gift, but I'll guarantee you she ate. Because when you give to God, what does he do? He comes back. Remember the basketball. It always comes back. He says in verse 3, I was there and I saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford. How can you give more than you can afford? That's just absolutely sacrificial. She said, here, I want to give you the sandwich. That was my meal for today. The widow's mite, that was her meal for the day. That was far more than she could really afford to give. But she gave anyway. She says, I was there and I saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford. That's what you call radical. That kind of giving is the kind of giving that makes a difference. Verse 4 says, pleading for the privilege Pleading for the privilege of helping out in the relief of poor, you know, Christians. Now, I've got $100 in here that I've been holding since VBA. Young teenager. You remember she won it in a little drawing we had, you know, at the end of VBA. And she says, I want to give that to the elevator. I've got it right there in my thing. And there was another couple came up and they gave me a, a nice check. And I told her, I said, don't give yet, but people were just wanting to. They couldn't help themselves. Some of you guys have been mailing checks in and dropping checks in for the elevator. And I said, don't do it. And you did anyhow. You know, that's kind of what it says right here. They were pleading, you know, it says pleading for the privilege of helping out in the relief of poor Christians. And there's, like I said, if there's a check in there. Also, I've been holding on to it just because we, I wanted to give it all at one time and just, uh, just honor God with it that way. But it's, it's like we're excited that we're going to make a difference in, in people who are handicapped and people who need assistance getting in our, our old building here. And we see that was going on in the early church. He says, verse 4, pleading for the privilege of helping out in the relief of poor Christians. This was totally spontaneous, entirely their own idea, and caught us completely off guard. What explains it was that they had first, everybody say first, given themselves unreservedly to God. The reason they gave so generously is because they had already given their lives to God. And like father, like son, like father, like daughter. And they were just doing what God would do. And it says here, 
what explains it was that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God and to us in the ministry of just serving. The others, the other gifting simply flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. Is God working in your life? Well, I can promise you this. He is challenging you to be generous with your time, with your energy, and with your resources. And I see it all so often in you giving of your time, your energy, and your resources. And it's a beautiful thing to watch as God is working in our lives. The book of Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it says, You should remember the words of our Lord Jesus. He says, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, can you understand that? There's a lot of people who go, well, I'd, I'd rather receive. I, I'd rather receive popcorn than give it away. I'd rather receive a dinner than give one away. I'd rather receive money and blessings and give them away. That's the way some people would think. But would you rather help pay for an elevator or, or would you rather be in a position where you needed an elevator? Let's just give. You know, it, it is more blessed to be in a position where you got something to give. There's somebody out there who's in a need, and he says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I mean, you have more than you need, and, and they don't. So it's like, oh, what, can I do it first? Can I give first? No, not him. She gave last week. Can I do it? It's more blessed. So the Bible says, how many of you have ever experienced that? You've given something to somebody somewhere at some time, and you're like, that's awesome. I want to do that again because you made a difference in somebody's life. Time, energy, your resources, whatever. Okay. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, it says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds, and we have all been given seeds, time, energy, and resources. That's our seeds. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. A small crop is good. A small crop is a whole lot better than no crop, right? Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously with an open hand. That's not like one over there. Oh, no, that's too many there. Put that one over here. One up here. Who gives with an open hand. That's the way they planned in the Bible days, you know. With an open hand, broadcast, you know, an open hand. And he says here, but the one who plants generously with that open hand will get a generous crop. You must each decide. That's not my job to decide how much you're going to give in an offering. Now, God's already decided when it comes to a tithe, that's 10%. It's off the top before everything else is paid for. He decided that. But when it comes to an offering, he says, you decide. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. You know? I was reading about this uh, Italian designer. And uh, he was trying to find some unusual Christmas present for his wife. And she's, uh, what was that? Uh, she's a film writer and a director. Her name was uh, Lena Wertmuller. And she had a trademark of these white rim eyeglasses that she constantly misplaced. So for Christmas, he gave her five 
thousand pairs of these white rimmed glasses. I mean, that almost ticked me off. It's like, okay, I have, there's nowhere I can step that I'm not finding my glasses now, you know. But why did he give her, like, all those glasses? He loved her. He gave out of love. What motivates your giving and your generosity? There are mixed reasons why people give. You know that, right? It seems that some vandals had cut down six royal palm trees along Miami's Flagler Street. Since the palms were very expensive, Dade County authorities uh, weren't sure if, if they could replace them very soon. But then someone donated six more and even had them planted. The ones that had been, uh, the ones that had been stolen were about 15 foot tall. And it provided a nice foreground for a, a billboard. You know, it said uh, Fly Delta or something like that. The new palm trees were 35 foot tall. Over twice the size of it. Terribly expensive. Completely hiding the sign altogether. The donor for the larger trees was Eastern Airlines. <laughs> so I'd say there are mixed motives for our giving. Are we giving to be a blessing to somebody? Or we're a little mischievous in our giving, you know. I thought that was pretty cute. But let me read you uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7 again. It says, you must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly. That means don't give grudgingly. Don't give half-heartedly. Don't, well, Pastor Ron made me give. No, no. please don't give if you don't want to do it honestly. This is a privilege. This is an investment. And there is a return on it as well. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. You know, you're learning something like how to prime a pump. A pump, you can pump it all day long. You know those old kind of pumps? You'll never get a drop of water out of it until you take a gallon of water, pour it down the pump, and you're going, that's my last gallon of water. But it primes the pump and what happens? You can pump tens of millions of gallons out of that thing. So you learn something about priming a pump. And that's what we learn here in God's Word. We learn how to prime the pump. It always comes back to us more than we gave originally. It says, for God loves a person who gives how? Cheerfully. Cheerful giving, cheerful, generous giving, it makes a difference. It genuinely does. Verse 8 says, and God will generously provide all you need. And God will generously provide, what's that word? All you need. All you, 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 you. And you out there online, you too. God he says he will generously provide all you need, and then you will, what's that next word? Always have everything you need and plenty left over. Now, why would God want you to have leftovers? To share with others. The reason God gives us more than we need is so if we have plenty to share with other people so we can be open-handed and generous the way Christ was. And he tells us if we are giving cheerfully, verse 8, and God will generously provide all you need, then you will always, that's 100% of the time, have everything, that's 100%, 
you need and plenty left over to share with others. It's a process of you planting that way, planting that way, and this will happen to you. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously, which means open-handed to the poor, and, and their, their good deeds will be remembered forever. Throughout all eternity, people will come and say, you know, it's because of your generosity I came to VBA or I, I got saved in Ethiopia or, or I made it into that church because y'all had an elevator when other churches didn't have them or 10,000 other things that you've invested in that's making a difference in other people's lives you know he goes on to say here in verse 10 it says for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat now when Susan and I were in our first year of marriage, we got married and went straight into Bible school. I mean, you know, we had a honeymoon for like two weeks and then within two weeks was in Bible school. And uh, we had a very, 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 very limited budget. If you knew how much we lived on, it'd be surprising. Even back then, it was shocking. God just worked miraculously. But when we go to the grocery store, you know where they have the, the dented cans and stuff like that? They, they had this big old bag of... Uh, Pinto beans. Do you know what pinto beans are? And it's big, it was like a 10 pound bag and it had a hole in it and they just taped it up. And it was just almost free. I said, I like that bag of beans. And I took that bag of beans home, put it in the cabinet up here, and every once in a while I'd open the cabinet, get a, a glass or something, I'd see them up there. And I remember one day when I opened that cabinet, God spoke to me, not audibly, but just as real as if it had been audible. He said, now you can eat all those beans and they'll make some wonderful meals. You can have chili and all kinds of things that you can do with pinto beans, you know. He said, you can eat them and they'll be good and then they'll be gone. Or you can eat some of them and you can plant some of them and you will never be without beans. Does that make sense? There's a tendency that everybody wants to eat up all their seed. If, If you're a farmer, you know not to eat all your seed. You'll never have another crop. <laughs> but listen to what the Bible says here. Verse 10, here in Corinthians it says, For God is the one who provides, what's that word? Seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. But sometimes we want to eat up all of our seed and not plant any of it. We don't do so good if we do all that. He says, in the same way, He will provide an increase. He will provide and increase your resources. God will do that if you're given generously. And he will increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. It comes back to you. So you'll have more to give and comes back to you. So then you have more to share with people in your sphere of influence. That's what he tells us here. Verse 11 says, yes, you will be enriched. In, what's that say? You will be enriched in every way. It's like we're a little timid to read those verses like that. It's like, you know, God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything. And over here it says, you will be enriched in every way. So that you can always do what? (laughs) Be generous. See, if you do your giving while you're living, then you're knowing where it's going. Otherwise, you know, when you're gone, 
Somebody else gives your stuff away. You go, I wouldn't have given that to her. You know what I'm saying here? Okay. Oh, man. Let me see. Lord, just help those people in need right now. Maybe it's somebody we know. Just help them, those who are responding, help them get there and draw them all closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when we invest time praying for folks like that, do you think it makes a difference? I believe when we all get to heaven, there's going to be thousands of people come up to us and say, thank you for praying for me. It made a difference, <laughs> you know. I really do. Well, let's see, I can't I go there right yet because, all right. Okay. I just don't have time to go where I want to go. I forgot about this here. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. You can't eat popcorn without having something to drink, though, you know? I gotta go to the restroom. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Let me just read you this. I got so much stuff I want to tell you, and I, I just don't have. We're already seven minutes over. And we got to take an offering. And I got to play a song. So you're making an investment of time right now that's very valuable. Stephen Grillet said, I expect to pass through life but once. If therefore there is any kindness that I can show or any good thing I can do to any fellow being, let me do it now and not defer or neglect it as I shall not pass this way again. If when God tugs at our heart to be generous to do something, do it then because you never know how soon it's going to be too late. You know what I'm talking about? Respond to what God tugs at your heart to do. Okay. Shortly after World War II came to a close, Europe began picking up the pieces. Much of the old country had been ravaged by war and was in ruins. Perhaps the saddest sight of all was that of little orphaned children starving in the streets of those war-torn cities. No mamas, no daddies, nobody to care for them. Early one chilly morning, an American soldier was making his way back to the barracks in London. And as he turned the corner in his Jeep, he spotted a little lad with his nose pressed to the window of a pastry shop. Inside, the cook was kneading dough for a fresh batch of donuts. The hungry boy stared in silence, watching every move. The soldier pulled his jeep to the curb. He stopped, and he got out, and he walked quietly over to where the little fellow was standing, and through the steamed-up window, he could see the mouth-watering morsels as they were being pulled from the oven, piping hot. 
The boy salivated and released a slight groan as he watched the cook place him onto the glass encounter, the glass enclosed counter ever so carefully. The soldier's heart went out to the nameless orphan as he stood beside him. Son, would you like some of those? The boy was startled. Oh, yeah, I would. The American soldier stepped inside and bought a dozen hot donuts, put them in a bag, and walked back to where the lad was standing in the foggy cold of the London morning. He smiled and held out the bag, and he said simply, here you are. And as he turned to walk away, he felt a tug on his coat. And he looked back and he heard the child ask quietly, Mister, are you God? We are never more like God than when we're generous. Making it possible for kids in Ethiopia to come to Christ, making it possible for VBA to kids to come to Christ around us. We are never more like God than when we're generous, making it possible for people who need assistance to get in through an elevator and thousands of other things that we do now, we will do in the future. But you and I are never more like God than when his genes that are in us are generous. You see his nature. We're never more like God than when we're giving, when we're generous, and we're, we're like Christ, you know. I want to be like that, you know. God wants us to be like that soldier. A little ignorant orphan boy genuinely thought he had heard some rumor about God and caring for us and all. And he asked him, are you God? Well, you know what? Our, our time really is up, so I can't even play this song because I really want to take an offering because I believe there are people right now, I know they are, I know some of them, they're sitting in their homes and they can't come to church because they can't get in. A small obstacle that we have figured out how to solve that situation. So I'd like you to bow your heads with me right now. Father, first off, we thank you for loving us and forgiving us and giving us another chance. We are so thankful that we know your word. We've heard the gospel. We've heard the good news. We've, many of us have opened up our hearts and received you. You know, before we go with the offering, if, if you're here tonight and you've never received Christ in your own life as your own Savior, you might have been going to church for a long time, but you never really came into a relationship with Jesus. I'd like you to join me in a simple prayer, very similar to what I prayed many years ago, very similar to what many here has prayed in the past. It's a simple prayer of invitation, inviting Christ to come into our life. So those of you who know him, would you reaffirm your faith as we pray? And those who are here, maybe for the first time, 
Would you invite Jesus to come into your life, let him forgive you of your sins, and bring about a radical, awesome, fantastic transformation in your life? Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe you love me, and that's why you sent Jesus. I believe he died in my place, paid for my sins, and rose from the dead. I believe that Jesus is knocking at the door of my heart. And I open that door right now. And I welcome Jesus into my life as my Savior, as my Lord, and as my King. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I ask that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, not just what we have preconceived to get through with this offering, but speak to our hearts what you would have us to give. And Father, if we need to confer with a spouse or somebody about it, I thank you that you've given us the freedom to do all that. But show us what you want us to do to make our home more hospitable and more welcoming to those who have great needs who need this elevator. Show us what you'd have us to give now. And we choose to give it not out of being pressed, but we choose to give it out of faith, knowing that many lives will be impacted because they can get in here as soon as we put it in. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So I don't really know how to do this. We don't do this very often here. But uh, I'll give you a moment if you do write a check. And you know what? I'm told we even take credit cards. You know, that's what I've been told. I don't. Yes, you, you can do it online. I don't know how to do it online. There's probably somebody here who does it online could tell you how to do it. You probably know how. That's it. Awesome. Thank you. See, I'm handicapped computer-wise, Okay. So I need a computer elevator. All right. Oh, we already started passing them buckets? Okay, that's all right. That's you, yes, good. Okay, that's good. But if you didn't get a time, some people were going to need more time to write all the zeros on the end of their check here. So if you didn't get it, you know, at the end of the service, you drop it into a tithe box. They'll put it in the right place for that. And I'll keep you posted on what's coming in. And, you know, hopefully this next week I'm going to show you the blueprints, what it looks like, how it's going to go up, and all that kinds of good stuff. You know. Excuse me? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't, I don't know that we're going to cover it all tonight. And then tomorrow morning I have to tell everybody, I'm sorry, y'all can't give. We took care of it on Saturday night. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but it might. But, uh. Yeah, you can give a little bit here and a little bit there, however you want to do it. Like I said, this is a privilege. This is what suits you. There is absolutely no pressure in this. My heart goes out. Uh, you know, I prayed about it my own self, and I told Susan what I wanted to, to do, and I asked her, and her number wasn't quite the same as mine, but since I'm bigger than she is, she agreed to my number, you know. Now, she would have popped me if, if, if she had wanted to. But that's what we do. We pray and say, God, what you want us to give? 
And sometimes it's something we got to do over a period of time. And that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so y'all let me know when that's, is that already taking place? Thank you for your contributions. And I'm sincere as I can be. Please be praying for all these people, you know, who are going to be coming to the whole back parking lot. It's going to be handicapped. And probably some over in the front where they can come around, things like that. And as uh, people who need assistance come into our building, just be extremely gracious. Get to know them and just love them. Because God is bringing them in here for a reason. Because he loves them so very much. And, and we do. We just couldn't get them in before. Okay, well, if you prayed with me a while ago, if you would stop at the uh, Connections desk and pick up a little gift bag. It's got a Bible and a movie and uh, some goodies in there. Uh, and if you're a first-time visitor, we got another little gift for you back there. And uh, if you need some prayer, the altar's open. And please help me eat all this popcorn. You don't need to stuff us on the floor, okay? God bless you. You are just missed. Mmm. Good.